Cheers. Good morning, Twin Cities, and welcome to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Minnesota, almost didn't get that out. Uh, Kathy Menard here, your host, along with Dr. Nicole Peralt, who's calling in from somewhere. Good morning, Dr. Nicole. How are you, and where are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, and I'm at home. Good place to be. Sitting here with Millie. Yep. <laughs> Millie, 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 one of your pups, your older pups. Yep, they're both very old now. We're just kind of sitting in a house full of geriatrics, and then we've got two little youngster cats, and then, of course, the foster puppy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) A menagerie of wonderful animals. (laughs) Exactly. You know, obviously you made it through the week. Pet appreciators, did you make it through the week? I'm assuming you did. What, What a bizarre week. What a dangerous week we went through. And I hope everybody made it through safely. You know, no car problems, no frostbite, you know, uh, sanity is kept in in check, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It was a hard week. It was a hard week. I was thinking about you, pet appreciators. You know, um, it was an especially, well, before I get into that, I just want to say a little shout out to the staff of the Urban Dog. You know, I, there was not, we didn't close um, just because we had clients that needed, needed care still. So, of course, you know, with any of the dog walking or the and whatever, you know, we were only, you know, the rule was just take the dog to the front or the backyard, and that was it. After two minutes, if they haven't gone, rush back inside, play a little bit, warm them up, try it again for another minute or two. But don't go past the property, you know what I mean? And so, you know, but I just want to say that the staff of the Urban Dog are, have always you know, I've been doing this for over 20 years. They've always been so wonderful. And um, I just want to say a little shout out to that. Nobody whined, nobody complained. You know, a few people checked in and say, you know, I just want to make sure I understand that this is the safety stuff and this is what we're doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Nobody complained about being out there in 25 below. Nobody complained about it, even though, again, it was just for, you know, two minutes or less. But, um, I just want to say I was so proud of them. You know, we we did have over a, a hundred cancellations almost each day, but with with you know sometimes up to two hundred stops a day. That I mean, it was it was a lot of cancellations, but we still had a lot to do. And um, I just want to say a shout out to the the wonderful wonderful staff of the Urban Dog. You know, their attention to you know being so careful their attention to to the pets. Um, I just really, really appreciate that so much. I I felt bad, like maybe I should close, you know, um, because of the nature of what we do. But we, you know, but with, with so many clients, um, you know, I didn't want to put anybody else out who had to, you know, go to work. So, but anyways, just a shout out to them. Excellent staff at the Urban Dog. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are so appreciated. Um, but then pet appreciators, I want to tell you about about something that was exceptionally hard, exceptionally hard. And I'm still working through it. And I know I talked to Dr. Nicole about it, but I'm still working through it. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell it with, tell it to you, tell you what my thoughts are and what happened. Um, You know, mainly because it's, it can be a reminder for all of us, but I'm also looking for some feedback. Okay. I, I, I need some feedback. I'm, yeah, I just need I need to know when I tell you the story and I won't I won't drag it out. It won't be long. But I need to know what to say, what not to say. I need to know what to do, what not to do. Again, I want to know from you your thoughts on what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do. Um I want to be the best supportive person I can right now um and I'm just I'm just I'm I'm in a a little bit of uncharted territory and I've been through a lot with animals you know and their owners an awful lot but boy did I have an owner go through something really tough during this cold dangerous time and like I mentioned there was about 100 cancellations each day um, and like many owners, they just stayed curled up at home, you know, with their pets and their kids or spouses or just by themselves and their pets or whatever. And uh, little Grizzly, who's a Yorkie Pompoo, so a designer dog. He's got to be at least 9, 10, if not older. Um, but he's been with us, 
you know, with the Urban Dog. He's been part of the Urban Dog Pack forever, for his whole life, pretty much. And so, and and if you know, if you spend any time with the Urban Dog, we're we're a tight knit group. Um, it's a tight knit pack, and a lot of these dogs spend every day together and hours and hours. And most of them, if they don't move away or pass away, you know, they spend their entire life, you know, with this similar pack. And um, and they were home. It was the owner who recently moved into her fiancé's house. And so it was the owner and her fiancé and, and little Grizzly, a Yorkie Pompoo, a, a Yorkie Pomeranian and Toy Poodle mix, just having a nice, snuggly day, fire in the fireplace, all cozy and everything. And um, Wednesday evening, the owner and, and her fiancé, you know, went out for just an early dinner. And the fire was almost out in the fireplace, just smoldering a little bit. So they were gone for about, I don't know, I forget what she said, about an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is, to just go out to eat nearby. And they came home, pet appreciators, to the entire house on fire. Knowing that little grizzly was inside all by himself. And it was, um, it had to have been so horrible. And, um, and of course, he, he perished in that fire. And I just, I, I'm just at a loss for words. And, um, you know, you want to help so much. You want to do, do so much. And, uh, you know, I'm grieving myself. And, yeah, it, it was just unexpected. Such a shock. And it feels so bad, you know. But I want to help. I'm doing the best I can, you know, sending a video here, a photo there. Because whatever she had was gone. I mean, we're talking gone. I went to that property to say my, my goodbyes all by myself. And after 48 hours, pet appreciators, it was still, there was a part of the, the house in the basement there. There was something on the deep deeper underground that was still smoldering. I was a little worried. I don't know. I have a lot of experience with fire. And so, you know, I, after I said my goodbyes, I just kind of videoed, taped the the, fi- the smoldering part, and I went right to the fire station. And I said, is this normal? Do you need to be aware of this, you know? And uh, they were all in a meeting except the receptionist. And, boy, she told me, uh, well, once she told me that that was normal, that they were checking on it every couple hours. Maybe not normal, but they were aware of it. Um, she said the firefighters were just, devastated to, to know that there was a little dog in there. They felt so bad. And, um, you know, I was able to show the receptionist a, a little video of him and that kind of thing. But boy, was that hard, pet appreciators. And again, if you've been through this, or if you're listening and thinking about this, what do I say and what do I not say? What do I do and not do? You know, I know that the mom, I texted her yesterday and just said, do you need anything? Do you need anything from me today? What can I do, you know? And she was very briefly just sent a text back just saying she's trying to put together some sort of memorial um, of and just asking anybody that might have photos or videos or, or anything like that so she can have a little keepsake, you know? So, of course, we can do that. We can look through eight or nine years of things. 10 years, 11, however long it's been. But um, but if you have any feedback for me, help me with this, okay? Um, and if you, you know, it, it's never, there's never too many photos you can take of your pets. And of course, this can be applied to your children as well. So just take some today. Pet appreciators, if you can, take some photos, take some videos. So um, everybody will get through this, and and I and the receptionist at the the fire department, you know, she said, Kathy, if it gives you any comfort, you know, she said the carbon monoxide is gonna carbon monoxide poisoning is gonna put them to sleep first before choking and gagging on the smoke and certainly before any flames 
touch their body. She said it was probably very peaceful for him, probably didn't even know. And if I know little Grizzly, he loves cubby spaces. He loves small little hideaway places. And um, he was probably under his mom's bed, his favorite place, all curled up and cuddly. Probably didn't even know, probably just was sleeping and then went into a deeper sleep. That's what I hope anyways. So, um, but if you have any feedback, any experience you might be able to draw from, just any wisdom you want to share with me, I just want to be a wise and caring, comforting, supportive person to his owners. And then I just want to remind all of us, take photos. Just just take photos. So if you feel like calling in and sharing, please do. Just interrupt us at any time. It, it doesn't matter. This is more important. Uh, 952-946-6205. And um, just a few, few seconds here before the commercial break, but... But Dr. Nicole, I haven't forgotten about you on the other end there at, at your home in Wisconsin. And I know that we'll get, get right into a lot of important stuff here um, after the commercial break. And, and I think when we come back, I'd like to get any feedback from Dr. Nicole, you know, that I could. Um, and, of course, pet appreciators, you as well. But we are going into a commercial break. And so um, just please stay with us. And we'll look forward to a more conversation on the other side. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuske, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan, LLP, rewriting the odds for their clients for over 80 years. We are awake. Hi, this is Charlie. Dad, do I have to say this next line? Do you want to sleep inside tonight? My dad is beloved, world-famous radio broadcaster Matt McNeil. Perfect! Anyway, my mom and dad want me safe when I'm driving in winter weather. That's why the vehicle they trust is the Toyota Sienna, and the dealership they trust is Rudy Luther Toyota. They keep me safe. With my son driving this winter, I trust Rudy Luther, and you can too. Stop in today and become a Rudy Luther Toyota family. The southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. I'm Richard R.J. Eskow, and this week on The Zero Hour, we'll be discussing political corruption, Wall Street shenanigans, our corporate overlords, digital dystopia, and maybe throw in a surprise or two as well. All this and more on The Zero Hour every Sunday night from 9 until midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hey, it's Hunter from the brand new 4 o'clock program, the Minnesota Progressive Repartee. And if there's one thing y'all know that I always look forward to, it's a good party. And I couldn't be more excited for the 2019 Blue State Ball. Finally, a chance to celebrate the work we did destroying Trump and the Republicans and keeping Minnesota the true blue state. But come celebrate our victory with fellow progressives, radio hosts, and politicians at the 2019 Blue State Ball, Saturday, March 2nd at the Blaisdell in Minneapolis. Tickets available now at am950radio.com. You know how it is with vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, then you throw them away, right? Well, not necessarily. Often, fixing your vacuum can be cheaper than replacing it. Ever heard of A1 Vacuum in Roseville? They offer free estimates. So if you wish your vacuum worked like new again, drop by. A1 Vacuum is ready to help clean up your vacuum cleaner act. Find us at a-1vacuum.com or call 651-222-6316.
Thanks for sticking with us, pet appreciators. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950. 952-946-6205 is the call-in line. Again, 952-946-6205. Always feel free to call in, regardless of the topic, pet appreciators. We don't mind being interrupted. We just want to be here to help you. And again, if you have any thoughts or advice on what I was talking about in the first segment, just call. You're always welcome. Your thoughts and your opinions are always welcome. But Dr. Nicole, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, I just am so incredibly sorry and uh, devastated to hear that. Um, I certainly remember that little guy um, when he was just a teeny tiny little puppy. I mean, so many years ago, if I remember correctly, I think we were putting like a little raincoat on him at some point. He was just so little and cute. Yes, Um, and and he would sit in, in, in staff jackets. You know, yeah. Sometimes yeah. if it was just too cold, they would just, you know, get. He would often go with the pack, and the the, the walkers would just <laughs> stick him inside their jackets, zip it up, and his little head would poke out, and off they go, off they go. You know, walking, 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 and then we'd take him out, let him go potty, and put him right back in. <laughs> so, but anyways, yeah, I just I feel like. When things like this happen, there just is nothing you can really do or say. I mean, aside from like what you're doing, you know, you're checking in with her to see if there's anything that possibly she would say she needs. Um, sometimes just going there and you know, giving them a hug or like you said, you know, giving them memories, you know, videos, you know, funny stories. I feel like that always helps. Um, Oh, I just, yeah, I think certainly what not to do is, you know, things that you would never do anyway. You know, people with tact know how to handle type of situations like this. But, um, you know, when you were saying, like, what not to say, well, you know, there's people who will always say things like, oh, that's why, you know, never turn my fireplace on. It's like that kind of stuff is devastating and so not helpful. You know, so, you know, there's people in the world who think like that. And um, obviously that's nothing that you or I or most people would ever even consider saying, but there are going to be people like that, unfortunately, in this world. And um, I think it's just being being there for her and sharing the memories and trying to make her laugh, you know, talking about funny stories, things like that. Um, oh, I just, I feel so just absolutely horrible for them. Um, I do think you know what the receptionist said, though, at the fire station about the carbon monoxide, too, that is hopefully something that can comfort them um just to think about that because that was you know initially kind of what i had said to grant when he was telling me about this is that um that you know that was my hope is that he had just fallen asleep and had was not aware um and and that's just what i think we have to believe you know um and then just like I said, being there for her, yeah. Oh, it's just so awful. I'm just so sorry. Yeah, and when I went to the property, I mean, there's nothing there. You know, it's just I mean, amazing. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't yeah. say nothing. The The chimney in the fireplace is still there, but everything else is, you know, gone and gone into the earth. You know what I mean? Like, it just, like, burned to the ground and then deeper. You know what I mean? And it just, yeah. Um, yeah. So... Safety, 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 you know, and, and whatever you can do, just um, just little reminders for everybody, you know, just we care so much about you out there and there's just nobody's ever going to be perfect, um, but let's just help each other and give reminders to each other and show support and that kind of thing. But, oh, and then did you, you know, I was thinking about you too, and I don't know if your clinic was open the whole time or not, but, you know, I think about the feral cats out there. The feral, you know, oh, the, the yeah. colonies of cats living out, whether they're, you know, outside of barns in the country somewhere or if they're in crowded city alleys, you know, I, I just, I don't know how they fared this year or during this past week. And I don't know if you had heard of anything or if you had any scary situations at your clinic. Thankfully, no. Um, but that was constantly on my mind is, you know, just thinking about you know, anybody's dog who had gone missing, you know, a couple of days ago or prior to that terrible cold spell, you know, they were out in that. And like all these escaped dogs and cats that are missing, um, feral cats, like you said, um, just wildlife, livestock, just 
people, you know, just I I just felt so incredibly sad for them and worried. Um, you know, we didn't thankfully have any issues of animals coming in. Um, we did have one kind of scary incident that is all fine, but this wonderful family, um, they had picked their dog up from from boarding. They had been gone, and um, they had asked, you know, that their dog be groomed that morning. And, um, you know, that was all fine and good. And they went to pick their dog up and um, he wasn't perfectly dry yet. You could tell his undercoat was, um, you know, a little bit wet. His ears were a little bit wet. And frustrating thing is that this poor dog freaks out when he is inside a vehicle. Like he, to the point where he could almost hurt himself or, 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 or hurt anyone who's trying to sit by him. He's just so anxious. Um, and he's on a dog who's, or he is a dog who's on quite a few um, medications for seizures and things like that. So they don't um, obviously take him very many places when it's cold like this, but they had to pick him up and take him home. And so they had an insulated like kennel cover in the back of their truck where he would usually ride because it was enclosed and it was, um, he felt safe there versus being inside the vehicle. Well, they, they happened to be bringing him in, um, for a vaccine. Um, and you know, she was like, Oh my goodness. She's like, he, his ears have like little icicles on them. And so of course I was like, Oh my goodness. And this was Thursday, like the worst possible day I feel like. And, so we checked his temp and he was like 98 degrees, but he was kind of shaking. And so we actually just kept him at the clinic all day long to let him, we give him just soft, fuzzy fleece blankets and put him under what's called a bear hugger. It's like this warm, um, kind of um, circulating warm air blanket, um, which he hated and was crawling out from under that. So um, we just hospitalized him for the whole day, just on soft, fuzzy blankets. He slept, he snored. Um, and then, you know, Eight hours later, his temp was 102, and he was all dry, and then they were able to take him home. You know, But it was just, I was terrified, thinking, okay, what's going to happen to this poor dog? Like, we, we haven't seen temperatures like this in, I don't know what they were saying, almost 20 years or 15 years. And so, and I felt so bad for the owners because they just were like, you could tell, like, bewildered. Like, they felt like, oh, my gosh, we should have never picked him up, or maybe he shouldn't have had a bath. It's all these, like, what ifs. Um, there was no way to put a crate inside the vehicle. You know, so I just, I don't know, I just felt, I felt scared and I felt bad for the dog and I felt bad for the family too. Good point though. I mean, I never would have thought of that, you know, yeah. like, because with some groomers, you know, they'll dry them off thoroughly because they have the equipment. Yep. Maybe some don't have that equipment or maybe the dog is just, like you said, a very anxious dog. And with, with seizures and stuff, it's, I mean, I've worked with a lot of dogs with seizures and there's one client of mine here who had, you know, we were boarding his dog and, and she died in the hospital while we were boarding him. And so now I've just kind of taken him under my wing and he's now kind of quote unquote mine now, you know, but he has seizures and there's there's something a little bit off with that, you know, uh, with their behavior and how they move around and, and whatever. I can get more into that on the other side of the break, but um, we are going into commercial break. Please stay with us, pet appreciators. But who would have thought, you know, just a simple grooming situation like that, you know? But anyway, stay with us, pet appreciators. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and designed jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Northeast Minneapolis is known for its creativity, and you'll know exactly why when you eat at Hazel's Northeast. Their creatively prepared comfort food will have you coming back week after week. Breakfasts like biscuits and gravy, granola pancakes, and brisket hash. For lunch, homemade soup, and one of the best Rubens in town. And don't miss the daily risotto or Chef Ali's ever-changing dinner specials. Come on in. Bring the whole family. Hazel's Northeast delivers real good food. Family owned at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis. 
This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, this is Laura, and I want to tell you about my family's favorite thing. It's our wood stove. We bought it about 14 years ago from Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. And see, the wood stove has actually paid for itself because we can keep the main area that we live in toasty warm with this great moist heat. But more important than saving money, it has actually improved our lives. Having a fire simplifies life. It provides comfort. It sort of takes the chill out of winter. I'm Peter Solak. In 1977, I started Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. And I experienced the simple joy of warming myself by a fire. I also realized that the place and the way we embrace fire has evolved in a diversity of forms and styles. So at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, we have brought together the widest selection of our fireplace products and technical knowledge in the Twin Cities. Our mission is to use our knowledge to help you choose the design and function that is right for you and your home. Visit Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces today and find the right fire for you. Stand up, stand up, you've been sitting Hello, this is Ralph Nader, host of the Ralph Nader Radio Hour. Join me and my guests every week when we dive deeply into the subjects that matter to you the most, but are rarely on the mass media. Every Sunday for early birds at 7 a.m. and Monday at 6 a.m. And if you're not an early bird, 9 p.m. on Monday, right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. AM950 weather. This is Eric Nelson. Today, expect patchy fog after 10 a.m. with a high near 37 and the low around 21. Tomorrow, snow's likely with temperatures cooling off to around 13 degrees. Tuesday, a high of 14 and the low around 9. If you needed a space heater or blankets these past couple days, that is a sign your home is not properly insulated. In fact, 80% of the homes in the Twin Cities area are not. But Green Home Doctor can help. Committed to keeping you warm and saving you money this winter, check them out at greenhomedr.com. Welcome back, Pet Appreciators. Welcome back to the Pet Connection Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Dr. Nicole and myself, Kathy Menard, are your hosts here of the show. And um, kind of halfway through the halfway point of the show right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, focused on some other things, some tragedy kind of things due to that. And, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Now I want to – well, we, we were talking a little bit about seizures and that one particular dog who had gone, yeah, we were talking a little bit about that. Not so much seizures. It was just more of a, a side thing with the, with that particular dog Dr. Nicole was referring to. What a strange situation, though. But good for all of us to know that even if your dog, if your groomer doesn't offer drying services or if your dog is too freaked out about it, best not to to have a grooming session on a, you know, a 32 or, or colder degree day, especially not sub-zero. So good good point, good lesson. For everybody, have you heard anything about issues with feral cats? Though, any rescues or um, anything that are reporting any sort of increase in in care for that at all? I'm just wondering how they fared. Well, I think you know the the feral cats, the true feral cats. I feel like are so good at finding places um, to stay warm. Like the cats that I worry about the most are like the community cats. You know, they're really friendly. They're probably begging to get into people's houses, but they just have no homes. Um, I was just heartbreak, heartbroken just thinking about all of them out there, including the ferals. Um, I didn't directly see any, um, you know, any at the clinic, but, you know, um, just being in, in the rescue circles, I know there were um, several that were kind of brought in for, you know, frostbitten ears, um, maybe tips of the tail, things like that. Um, we actually have a new cat in our rescue who was um, kind of outside one of our foster's homes right like maybe Tuesday or the start of, I can't remember what day started the big terrible weather storm here. You probably remember, but, um, you know, and so she let the cat in and um, very nice cat. And so she's had the cat posted all over, you know, for looking for its home and things like that. And we haven't heard anything, but, um, he seemed fine. You know, I examined him the other day and 
Um, he doesn't seem to have frostbite or anything like that, but thank God that she was able to let him in um, to give him a warm place to be, um, especially during those really awful, awful days. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. And thank goodness, you know, you've done whatever you can on social media and posting wherever, because I'm sure that homeowner is just sick about it and and probably thinks the worst, you know? Yeah, and I don't... I don't think he probably has a home. I think he's probably a barn cat. The only reason I say that is because he's not neutered. Um, mm-hmm. He had flea dirt all over him, ear mites. You know what I mean? He just kind of seemed like a dude who'd been um, outside for for quite a while on his own, yet he's, like, super friendly. So you never know. I mean, some people don't neuter their, their cats, but um, it just seems a little odd. You don't know no microchip. He looked real dirty, um, and he's just living life large now. Yeah. <laughs> he's loving the indoor life, getting all cleaned up and dewormed and getting rid of all of his parasites. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it sounds like probably an outdoor cat, you know, one yes. that was out yep. and about, hanging out, living in the neighborhood. So, <laughs> but, uh, but no, again, I can't help but say thank you, Nicole, for everything that you do So um, <laughs> for these animals. So thank you, thank you. You know, yeah. hey, I, I wanted to to um, do another little shout out here to Chili, um, a lab mix. Uh, I'm not quite well. Last year I talked about him because he was running the in the Lapet, you know, the ski joring or whatever, and um, that's of course this weekend happening now. And um, two years ago he came in first place, and so last year we, I was like on the radio show, really cheering him and saying, "Oh, come on, Chili." You know, we're pulling for you or whatever. And then I know he came in. He didn't place first last year. I forget what, what he placed, but he still had a great time, which is the whole point of it. And then dawned on me yesterday that um, I hadn't heard anything from the owners. And so I texted them, is Chili racing this weekend? You know, not sure if it was yesterday or today because I haven't checked the, the Lapa calendar. Usually I'm pretty good about that, but I just haven't done it yet. And um, And she said... Well, actually, I'm not. I texted both owners. I'm not sure which one replied, but one of them said right away, "He's out there racing right now." So um, I don't know if he races both days or if there's races both days, Saturday and Sunday. But way to go, Chili! Um, not sure what you place, but it, it it doesn't matter. We're cheering for you, anyways, and I hope you had a blast. What a great day for a dog to be outside yesterday, running across the lake, running down trails. What a great winter day it was. So happy for all the pups that participated in that. And I think Chuck and Don sponsors that. Way to go, Chuck and Don's. So um, so yeah, and and I hope what crazy uh, conditions today for all the the remaining races out there, uh, whether it's you know, ski joring with your dogs or just regular cross country ski. I don't know if they're doing any snowshoe, whatever, but it's too bad. The conditions kind of worsen for that today. But, um, but anyways, I hope everybody's having a great time. If you're looking for something last minute to do, check out the calendar of the Lapa because I'm sure it goes all day today. So, um, so yeah, so what a, a great thing, uh, uh, for Minneapolis and, and, uh, everybody who participates, whether, whether they're from the area or not. So I just wanted to say that. I'm also really excited to say, although some of you might already know, but you know the results of the John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon. Okay, so if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know Jason Rice, who's on the board, will call in every year, year after year after year after year, and he'd talk the whole time, which I loved, and every time he called in, I learned more and more and more about the John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon. It was like you can't stop learning enough because there's so much. And this year... You know, when he called in two weeks ago, it was because he was going to be a musher this time, and he wasn't on the board anymore. Now, he's been a musher before, but in the shorter races. Now, the marathon, I forget is how I forget how long that is, even though they shortened it a little bit this year. But there's always one that's shorter. They all start at the same time, but the shorter one obviously finishes a day or so before. And I think that's the 120. So I think that means 120 miles versus like three or 400 miles for the full marathon. Now, I just want to say that there are times, if you've listened to our show, uh, during this time of the year, we always put a little shout out to Ryan Anderson, who was the husband of one of Dr. Nicole's very, very good friends. And the, her, her and her friend had gone to, to med school together. And so um, veterinarian school together. Um, I think in the Caribbean, too. I think maybe they started there, but I'll let you finish Dr. Nicole with that. But Ryan who often runs in the full marathon. He didn't this time. He ran in the, or he raced in the um, 
the 120, but he came in first, so way to go, Ryan. Um, just a little shout-out to that, even though I know they're up in northern Wisconsin and don't hear this show <laughs> probably right now. But I also wanted to put out a shout to Jason Rice. Okay, now he's been a musher before many years ago, but he, he hasn't really done it very much since, and, and he decided to do this marathon. He has this bucket list he was telling me about, and it's not, trust me, it's not a bucket list for like end-of-life kind of stuff. It's a bucket list for, I don't know what, but these are heavy-duty physical goals that he has, you know, triathlon and running, you know, in the full John Bear Grease Sled Dog Marathon, the full route, you know, 300, 400 miles, whatever it is. And, you know, he hasn't done this for years. And, you know, the weather, I mean, if it was bad here, you know, it was what it was up north. You know, they didn't finish until Tuesday sometime. So they, they were in that below zero temperature for, I'd say, a good 10 to 12 hours, I would think. But he came in third. Can you believe that? I, and, um, yeah, it's like, yeah, way to go, Jason Rice. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm anxious to have him call in one day and just talk to us what it was like behind the sled, you know, and um, what it was like when those temperatures were dropping, 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 and all the extra precautions I did for the dogs. I mean, I'm just so, like, I just want to know. But that's for another day. I have to be patient. But I just, I just wanted to make that announcement, too. I'm just so excited for them. So, and hopefully everything worked out really well and safe for, for everybody participating in that. So, but anyways, with Dr. Nicole here, you know, I value her so much. I value her time. I know how busy she is. I know she's really stretched with a lot of different things. But when she's on the show, I want to make sure we get her expertise, in, you know, on the medical side. Um, I mean, she has so much to offer in every single category of pet care. But, um, but of course, you know, her expertise is being a vet. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about Dr. Nicole uh, Heart Murmurs. You know, every once in a while, we'll, we'll get an update from a client. Oh, we just went to the vet and, you know, our dog was diagnosed with a heart murmur. Or just so you know, the heart murmur is staying the same. Or, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's usually not anything that we have to do a whole lot with, you know, in terms of whether, you know, it's it's a dog walking client or a backyard let out client or a field trip client or a boarding client, pet sitting, whatever. Um, but it's just something to, you know, kind of keep an eye on. Although there's, there's been a couple dogs though that it, it has sort of progressed and gotten worse and we've had to adjust things with, but not, it's not super common that we have to do that. So I, I kind of wanted to know, Dr. Nicole, can you just talk about heart murmurs and dogs and cats? I mean, it, you know, I'm just so curious, are, you know, what causes it? You know, like, is it a genetic thing? Is it something that some dogs are just born with genetic relation or not like maybe it's just something that happens in the womb during development time you know is it something that's acquired with age um i i i don't know and are there different types of murmurs you know i don't know so i'm just going to sit back and listen and and take notes dr nicole <laughs> okay yes so um heart murmurs are definitely very very common unfortunately um you know i, I feel like on a day to day basis i probably see maybe one a day. I mean, I can't say that that's every day, but, um, and, and it's frustrating too, because in a dog, you know, and first I'll start, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. So heart murmurs, what that means is if you think about the valves of the heart, um, I try to tell people to think of like a really thin piece of like Kleenex or tissue or something really thin and wispy, because those are what the valves are like, the valves of our heart. So, you know, as, as the heart is um, pumping, you'll hear like a boom, 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 boom. What a murmur is, is it's blood flow escaping through those little valves. So you're kind of hearing a swoosh where you should just be hearing the beat. Um, and so there are various grades of murmurs. They go from one to six. Um, one, of course, is going to be just a very, very faint, um, almost the type of murmur where I listen and I'm like, is that one? No, it's not. And then I'm like, oh, yep, yep, it is. <laughs> um, so very, very faint, um, very quiet. Um, grade five and six, those are murmurs that you can actually put your hand on an animal's chest and you can feel the, the, the vibration. I mean, they're really, really, really advanced murmurs. Um, and so in dogs, you know, if you hear a murmur, there can be a variety of reasons. In small breed dogs, you know, the most common is going to be like a chronic mitral valve disease. 
which these dogs can have for years and years and years and, and maybe never have a problem with, the other percentage of dogs, those are the dogs that will eventually develop heart failure, which then needs to be treated with medications. So I always say, you know, in a dog, anytime there's a murmur, you know, the next probably best step is an echocardiogram. So going to see a cardiologist and having a full ultrasound of the heart done um, and or, you know, chest x-rays, things like that. Um, and, and that way they're looking at what is exactly wrong. You know, is it just chronic mental valve disease? So, you know, there's not a ton that we do unless the heart is big. If the heart is big, we might start medications um, to hopefully help that heart so that it's not having to work so hard and things like that. So dogs are a little bit more straightforward. Um, cats <laughs> are kind of a little bit frustrating because... And, and we're going to wait for the cats um, just oh, because yep. we're going into commercial break. Sorry, pet appreciators. I just didn't hear the music fast enough. Sorry. Stay with us. Tom Hartman here for All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that you save more if you wait, but waiting to switch can actually cost you more. While tax rebates make solar affordable, those rebates are often limited and decrease over time. So when you wait, you risk losing some of the incentives that make solar so easy to afford today. And besides, the sooner you get your All Energy Solar system, the sooner you reduce or even eliminate that high electricity bill. Make the switch today at allenergysolar.com. Atheists Talk is the radio show for free-thinking Minnesotans. Listen on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. Every Sunday we bring you science, philosophy, politics, and plain old fun from an atheist's point of view. Visit our website at minnesotaatheists.org for more details. Tune in to Atheists Talk Radio Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's good radio without the good book. Considering replacing your vacuum, what do you do with the old one? Throw it in the garage? Worse yet, throw it in the garbage? How about trade it in and save? A1 Vacuum in Roseville has been around forever, and they take trade-ins. When you trade in your old vacuum, you save. So if it's time to replace that old clunker headed for the garage or landfill, bring it in to A1 Vacuum in Roseville. You can find A1 Vacuum at a-1vacuum.com or call 651 222 6316. Enjoy a delicious home-cooked breakfast or lunch away from the kitchen at Milda's Cafe, now open seven days a week. Milda's Cafe has been cooking up family favorites since 1964. Grab a coffee and sit down for a delicious Philly scramble, house-made rolls, or Denver omelet. Stop in for lunch where you'll find authentic Finnish pasties every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Open weekdays 6 to 3, weekends 8 to 2. Milda's Cafe on Glenwood Avenue, four blocks east of Penn. Um, hello. If your taxes from years past are talking to you from the back of that drawer in your desk, it might be about time you answered the call by making a call to Moe's Tax Service in St. Paul. Time to come out now. They've been preparing tax returns and creating advisory-based relationships with their clients since 1971. Kind of stuffy in here. Problems with the IRS don't go away by ignoring them. Call Moe's Tax Service. That's M-O-H-S. They're on Ford Parkway in St. Paul. 612-721-2026. 721-2026. Total Dog Company exists for people who are serious about their dogs. People who want the best nutrition and the best gear for their dogs. Total Dog Company's mission is to provide high-quality, practical food and gear for dogs and only dogs. Nothing frou-frou or frivolous. Nothing with suspect ingredients. No cat food or wild bird food. Totally dog, from head to wagging tail. Find us in New Hope off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. Thanks for staying with us, Pet Appreciators. Last segment of the show today, and we're in the a topic of uh, heart murmurs, dogs and cats. And I think uh, Dr. Nicole was going to focus a little bit on cat murmurs, cat heart murmurs. Um, and so I'll just let you take it away, uh, Dr. Nicole. Sure. So cats are a little bit, um, a little bit trickier, in my opinion, in some ways. Um, you know, there's, I think, a statistic out there that about 33% of cats can actually have heart disease without a heart murmur, which is the bane of my existence as a feline, 
um, as a, I, I'm a obviously normal, regular veterinarian, but I have a special interest in kitties. Um, and so that is really difficult because um, normally you listen to their heart, beautiful, everything sounds great. Um, but because of that, there is a blood test that we will sometimes add on in kitties, especially kitties that we might be doing a dental procedure or something on. Um, and we and we might think that the procedure would be a little bit longer, things like that. Um, and it's called a cardiac a pro-BNP. So BNP, I think they do something similar in humans. I'm not sure the exact name. Maybe it's BNP. Um, but if that value comes back elevated, it kind of tells us that, okay, this is a kitty that we probably should do an echocardiogram on um, to see if there is some structurally significant heart disease going on. Um, if it comes back normal, you're probably fine. It, it kind of tells us that there isn't any advanced, likely isn't any advanced disease. Um, and so that's kind of, it's an extra little power. You know, I feel a little bit, it's an extra little uh, feeling that makes me feel a little bit better moving into anesthesia. Um, cats that do have murmurs, Again, I will sometimes add on, well, almost always add on the BNP test. And for those kitties, um, we often recommend just an, an echo, excuse me, an echocardiogram. For any animal that has a murmur, I always recommend that as my first step. Um, you know, and we work um, pretty significantly with the University of Minnesota's cardiology department. I just think they're amazing. Um, and so, that's kind of our first step, and then we'll figure out, okay, what is going on? Is there something else we need to be doing? Um, what is the diagnosis? Because to me, that's the most important. Um, I think about um, a couple of my own kitties. My cat, Nova, he's, um, you know, I got him in St. Kitts. He's, what's he going to be, 13 now, which is just crazy to me. But he has had what's called a dynamic murmur. And so that means that, you know, here at home, he doesn't have a murmur because he's not stressed. His heart rate sounds beautiful. It sounds normal. Anytime I bring him into the clinic for exams and I listen to him, he's got a whopping, like, grade three murmur. And, of course, I, you know, had him go to see the cardiologist. And um, he actually has, like, a structural murmur. There's a little piece of extra tissue that formed just congenitally. Um, and what happens when he's stressed out, if you can imagine if the blood flow is going faster, so it's kind of going up over this little piece of tissue and it's causing turbulence of blood flow, and that's what we're hearing as the murmur. So for him, there's really nothing that we do. We just keep an eye on it um, because it's just a piece of extra tissue in his heart that was there when he was born. So they can be something as benign as that. Um, otherwise, you know, my cat Petey, he's... Um, going to be 15 here. Um, he recently developed a little murmur, and so he went and saw the cardiologist, and um, he has, you know, maybe some changes that are a little bit more significant. Um, they can get some thickening of their ventricle and things like that. Um, cats can get um, dial, excuse me, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and that's kind of something that you don't really want to hear because some of these kitties can be prone to blood clots. And so that's always the scare. So there's just so many different problems that they can have with their heart. That's why I always, always, always recommend if your animal has a murmur or an elevated BNP test, they absolutely need to see a cardiologist because then you're going to get hopefully a diagnosis. You're going to get a plan for what to look for. Is there anything you can do? And so that to me is my my plan every single every time. If people can't afford that, I always will tell them to just watch for signs at home, watch for coughing in dogs, watch, watch for exercise intolerance in dogs. In cats, you might want to just watch for, they might breathe a tiny little, a little bit faster than they did before. Cats don't usually cough with heart disease. Um, they usually will not eat. They'll hide. They might breathe a little bit heavier. Um, they might lose weight and just seem like not themselves, whereas dogs are the exact exact opposite. They're coughing. They're winded. They don't want to exercise as much. They might even have episodes where they pass out or collapse. Um, so there's just so many different problems that animals can have with their heart. And that's why I definitely think cardiology is the way to go anytime there's a murmur. Makes perfect sense. And, and for me, it's like, just give me as many puzzle pieces to, as I can to put this puzzle piece yeah. together, even if it's not a complete picture. You know, I, I just want to know what I'm working with. Exactly. You know, and we had um, a situation, I don't know how much time we have, but I'll try to be brief. Three, three um, minutes. 
three, okay. Um, we had a kitty come in that was surrendered to our rescue a couple of years ago, and she had a just a bladder full of bladder stones, and she actually blocked. It was the first female cat I had ever seen block in my career. It took three doctors, three of us, to try to get her unblocked. It was very difficult, uh, but we got it. And, you know, she was then hospitalized on IV fluids. Well, she did not have a murmur prior to all of this. And so she, you know, was hospitalized um, for a day or so on high-dose IV fluids because that's what you need to do when their kidneys are struggling. You know, you, you diurese them to try to replace their losses and, and get that blood flow to the kidneys going. Well, all of a sudden she becomes, she starts having trouble breathing and she had gone into acute heart failure from being fluid overloaded because she had underlying heart disease, which is, again, why cats can be so scary because 33% of them can have a heart problem without a murmur. So there's no way you know unless you're just randomly taking your cat to a cardiologist every year, (laughs) you know, Um, which I think is fine if you can afford it, but that's um, kind of unrealistic at least in my opinion of, you know, what I see every day. Um, and so we did take her to the University of Minnesota, um, and they told us that she had advanced just end-stage heart disease. There was nothing we could have done, no way we could have known this. Started her on a ton of meds, and I am just shocked to say that she's still alive two years later. Wow. Two years later. Wow. Yeah. Um, she's, she, it's amazing. She has the most dedicated foster family. I just can't say enough about the University of Minnesota. I just think they're phenomenal. Um, and two years later with end-stage heart disease, and she's a happy kitty. So um, it's just, I, I feel like sometimes we have this bleak kind of outlook of what things are going to be like. You know, they're only going to live for a couple of months. Well, sometimes they live for years. <laughs> so um, there can be you know, happy success stories, too. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, um, we, well, I, I just want to say too, I bet it's very re- rewarding to be a part of that success story of, of a dog or cat's life. You know, like clearly yeah. you were, you and the other vet, vets and surgeons were in at the, the crisis moment. Um, but then, yeah, but then, but that you guys were all a part of that. Of, of what the quality of, of that cat's life is now two years later. And that's a happy story to end on because we certainly started out with a sad story. And um, and I guess I'd, I'd like to just leave it on a happy note um, and just say, you know, Grizzly, we love you. We will never forget you. We're so glad you were part of the Urban Dog Pack. And um, we look forward to having your spirit be with us wherever we are out walking. And pet appreciators, I just want to say, have a great and safe start to the week.